Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. And welcome to the newly reminted Hancock and Kelly's on Vacation show. Uh, John Hancock in, Michael Kelly's in Ireland, and joining me alongside is Braxton Payne from Show Me Victories. Morning, Braxton. Good morning. So this will be our home on Fridays from 8.30-something until 10 o'clock, and then the show kicks in. Um, so let's kick it off and see how it goes. We are joined right now by our good buddy, Brad Young from the law firm of Harris Dow, Fisher & Young. Huge, ground-earth-shaking indictments uh, in the St. Louis Board of Aldermen yesterday. Brad, break down exactly what happened to whom and what they did. Hey, good morning, John. It's great to talk to you. Uh, essentially, what we have is uh, an indictment against three aldermen in the city of St. Louis. The, the most groundbreaking or earth-shattering or whatever adjectives you'd like to use here is against Lewis Reed, the president of the Board of Aldermen, uh, and he's ran for mayor, I think, uh, three times, a very powerful politician in the city of St. Louis. Now, all three are being charged uh, with federal, various federal bribery charges. Uh, I believe there's three charges against Jeffrey Boyd and John Collins Muhammad. There's two federal bribery charges uh, against Lewis Reed. Uh, essentially, if you look at it, uh, Lewis Reed is alleged, according to the indictment, of accepting about $9,500 in bribes. Uh, John Collins Muhammad is charged with accepting $7,000 in cash and $3,000 in campaign donations. And interestingly enough, a new iPhone 11 and a 2016 Volkswagen sedan. Uh, and uh, and I believe uh, Jeffrey Boyd is accused of accepting a, about uh, $11,000 in cash. So this is certainly shaking up the power structure in the city of St. Louis. First time I've ever heard of a Volkswagen <laughs> being used in a bribery scheme, but, uh, you know, it is St. Louis after all. Now, all three of them have pled not guilty. They've got yes. they've got a bunch of tape. I mean, hours and hours of tape. The the fellow was wired who was doing this. What kind of defenses might these elected officials employ? Well, there's going to be two main defenses here, at least uh, ostensibly, John. And that is, first of all, I would anticipate that all three will argue uh, that the unnamed individual in the indictment, although it's publicly been reported as being uh, Muhammad Al Mutton. Uh, but uh, the the John Doe in the indictment uh, was also charged in 2017 with uh, drug charges and money laundering charges. And all of those charges were mysteriously dropped uh, just in April of this year. So the, the first argument is going to be that he's unworthy and that he was looking for 
looking for something to clear his charges. And so he uh, he falsely and that will be the defense that he falsely uh, talked these individuals into accepting bribes because he was trying to get out of his own drug and money laundering charges. Yeah. But secondly, and, and I think this is really uh, interesting. The second defense that I would anticipate here would be entrapment that that uh, that these guys were just doing their business and they wouldn't have uh, accepted any of this. They had no predisposition to accept bribes uh, until uh, Mr. Muhammad Al-Mutton or uh, the John Doe in the indictment planted that idea in their minds because he was ostensibly working as a government agent here. And he, they wouldn't have done this had he not induced them to commit this crime. That'll be the, the other main defense. Yeah. So, Brad, I, I read the 66 page indictment yesterday. And I, one thing that I noticed that I thought was interesting is that the first bribe, it seems to took, take place in early 2020. So why did uh, the feds not indict uh, then and waited until 2022? Well, I, I think the answer to that is they were wanting to get more because that first indictment, I did read all 66 pages of it yesterday as well. And as you see, there's a progression that when the first, according to the indictment, I'm going to keep saying that, but according to the indictment, there was that first bribe in 2020, but then it kind of started snowballing with others and, and getting involved. So I think the idea from the feds here is, is that if they, if they stuck with this long enough that they were going to catch, catch more fish. Uh, than just the fish that they caught in 2020. Well, it's it's going to be fascinating to watch this thing play out. Uh, you kind of outlined the defenses there. It seems to me like, I, I mean, you're talking about less than 10 grand in all of these instances. It just seems incredibly foolish for an elected official to have done something like this, doesn't it? Well, it does, John, but here's what you don't know. And again, I want to be very clear here. I'm speculating, uh, and I there, there we have no evidence of this in any way. But I think the argument would be that if these officials or other officials would accept uh, this money for something uh, rather inconsequential, then did they accept other money in other circumstances? So again, I'm not alleging that. I'm not accusing anyone of that. But I think that would be the argument of the federal officials that this is what uh, was was caught on uh, either on a wiretap or on a wire recording device, but how much more was not caught on a recording device? That's our buddy Brad Young from the law firm of Harris Dell Fisher and Young, breaking down the legal situation that confronts the St. Louis Board of Aldermen. Three members, two current, one former, indicted yesterday on federal bribery charges. Brad, thanks so much for joining us. You're going to be filling in next week on the Hancock and Kelly's on Vacation show, and uh, we're grateful. For that as well. When we come back, it is Michael Kelly from the Emerald Isle. He's going to join us. He's on a tour of the Guinness plant. This ought to be fun. Uh, that's next on KMOX. Now, back to Hancock and Kelly, sponsored by Insperity, HR that makes a difference on News Radio 1120, KMOX. Hey, now. This is Braxton Payne filling in for Michael Kelly here with John Hancock on the great KMOX. And we are joined by phone, satellite phone, I think, from beautiful Ireland with Michael Kelly. Michael, how are you doing this morning or evening, wherever you are? You guys, I am standing in a place called the Gravity Bar at the Guinness Brewery, the world's second largest brewery behind, you might know it, the St. Louis Anheuser-Busch Brewery. They even tell you that on the tour. So I'm here. I've got a gorgeous view 
I've got a nice cold Guinness in my hand, and I am missing our first show of Total Information, uh, Hancock and Kelly. Well, you know, we've decided we're going to rename the program. Um, so uh-huh. it's going to be called The Program. <laughs> <laughs> and it will, on Fridays, it will, it will run and air just prior to the show. Uh, which of course is from ten o'clock till noon. So you're you're working on your first Guinness, are you there, buddy? Yeah, we uh, we just got here this morning, uh, which would have been uh, middle of the night for you, John. Uh, grabbed a couple hours of, of sleep and uh, are here at the Guinness Brewery. We're doing the alcohol stuff today. Uh, Going to head to Jameson here shortly to see how they <laughs> make whiskey, and then I'm out into the hinterlands to see if I can find myself an Irish lass. <laughs> so you're going, you're moving from beer to Jameson. Uh, something tells me this is going to be a long day. Isn't there like a saying you're not supposed to mix beer, things? Beer, beer before liquor. There it is. Never been sicker. <laughs> Who are you liquor over there with, beer? Michael? Uh, I am over here with my mother, my uh, couple of my older sisters, uh, my childhood friend from growing up, a guy named Michael Burgoyne and his family. There's 12 of us total. Wow. And, um, we are leaving an impression on this place. I can tell you that <laughs> it's got to be difficult uh, to to break out of the, you know, the humdrum of the the work workaday world as you as you do and and uh, get away on a on a vacation. Uh, how are you? How yeah, are you, you know, adjusting? John, I, 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 it it feels a little weird to be honest with you because uh-huh. I'm so used to um, being there behind the desk, um, and I hate missing a show with you. Uh, there's there's really just nothing I would rather be doing than sitting in uh, Studio B right there looking at you and and talking. But instead, I'm over here enjoying the world that God meant for uh, it to rule the world, and then he gave us alcohol and screwed it all up. So what's the weather over there? It's about 60 degrees. It's uh, gorgeous and sunny here today, um, a little overcast. There are cranes everywhere in Dublin. It is incredible. I, I'm, I'm at the uh, brewery where you have a 360 view of the entire city. And I'm not exaggerating when I tell you there's probably 100 cranes up around the city of Dublin. Lots of construction, lots of bustling going on here. Michael, what what are you looking forward to most on this trip? I know you guys have been planning this for a long time, I think even pre-pandemic. So I'm wondering what are you looking uh, most forward to? So I've, I've been here before. Great question, Brax. I've been here before, and I've seen some really uh, a, a lot of the beauty I had never been to a place called the Ring of Cherry, uh, and that was a place that my father always talked about being just heaven sent. So at the end of the trip, I'm, I'm ending at a place called Ring of Cherry, but, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. But tomorrow night, I'm going to be up in uh, Donegal in the north uh, part of Ireland, and I have been there before to Giant's Causeway, and uh, Google that. You guys won't believe what that looks like, um, and, and, and hanging out up there. So... I'm looking for the whole trip and spending time with my mother. Well, there you go. I mean, it's just uh, it's it just warms the cockles of my heart uh, to know that you've managed to find the time to squeeze out a couple of weeks to get away and uh, make your return. Are, are, are you going to visit any of your ancestral homelands while you're there? Kelly's had to be uh, from somewhere over there. I, I think we're going to try to figure it out. Uh, I, I, we're going to look around and see if we find a bar. Uh, that's named Kelly, and we'll just call that our homeland. And uh, but we're 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 getting ready to have a good time. I'm I'm fortunate. I'm, it's not like I'm missing any political news in St. <laughs> Louis. Goodness gracious! 
They're, they're going like hotcakes. They're falling like hotcakes out there. Hey, you know, this is our last time, my last time anyway, uh, working with My Hill. Any, any parting words for Chris My Hill? You know what, and, and I said this the last time we were together, but uh, Chris Myhill, and I mean this in all sincerity, the Jamewax listening audience, uh, part of what you love and admire about Wax is really a tribute to Chris Myhill. Um, and, you know, we all get to work with people who are good at what they do. They're not necessarily good people, um, right? We all have that in our own lives. I don't personally, but... Well, apparently that last uh, drink of Guinness got the best of him. That was Michael Kelly. He's in Dublin, Ireland. It's so nice of him to check in with us. It's so nice that he has the rare opportunity to get out of town. It's the Hancock and Kelly's on Vacation Show. When we come back, Joe Biden gave an address to the nation on guns last night. Braxton Payne and I will break that down right here on X. And welcome back to the program. It's John Hancock. Michael Kelly's in Ireland. Braxton Payne is alongside. And uh, we've got you for the next hour and a bit. And then the show takes over from 10 o'clock until 2 o'clock today. Cardinal baseball on the air tonight as well on the voice of St. Louis. President of the United States, Joe Biden, uh, gave a fairly rare for him address to the nation in primetime last night on gun violence and his urging of Congress to take action. Braxton Payne, what would you think? Yeah, so I thought, you know, first off, I think it was a needed primetime address. Um, This is something that is on everyone's minds. Everyone's talking about constantly. Um, And I think he also outlined some reasonable solutions that majority of Americans support. Um, You look at the enforcing of red flag laws. Even Senator Republican Senator Roy Blunt here um, talked about in a press release that he would be open to supporting that. Um, Banning, you know, magazines that are high capacity magazines. Um, also, I think the the conversation of the assault weapons ban is something that's going to be important. Uh, it expired, I believe, in 1994, um, and we did see less mass shootings with those types of weddings or, or and those types of uh, weapons before 1994. So I think that's something. But he also outlined that he was willing to compromise on that and just raise the age from 18 to 21. So I think there's room for compromise. Um, I think that something needs to be done. Universal background checks, as we all know, have been supported by 70, 80 percent, 90 percent of Americans uh, over the course of the last 10, 20 years. Um, I think I thought it was important. Um, It gets the conversation going and hopefully we can see something happen in the Senate. And like like we said before, this is going to need 60 votes. Um, So that's going to be a really tough hurdle with only 50 Democrats in the Senate. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that uh, an outright ban on semi-automatic weapons is not going to happen. It's not going to get 60 votes. And the question becomes, you've got both sides are are very polarized on this issue. And can they they meet somewhere in the middle and get something done? What is it? I mean, if you had to put a percentage on likelihood that something passes? I mean, I would say I I could see something passing, to be honest, in the lame duck session after the November elections. Um, I think you even see some Democrats with the assault weapons ban. You mentioned, you know, I don't think Joe Manchin would vote in favor of an assault weapons ban. So you're going to need, therefore, 11 Republicans. And I don't think that that's there. 
Um, I, this reminds me a lot after Sandy Hook. There was a big push, a big national conversation to pass something quickly. I believe the Senator uh, Pat Toomey from uh, Pennsylvania and Joe Manchin came together along with other Democrats and Republicans and formed some type of squad, you know, of six or six or eight trying to pass just universal background checks. Um, and what happened, you saw, is that the steam kind of ran out. So they weren't able to pass something because... Um, you know, the, the national conversation shifted towards something else because we have the attention span, to, you know, of a, of a mouse in America. So we need to make sure that this conversation continues to go. And I think something that's different this time is it just seems like every week we're getting something. You know, Sandy Hook was was a very tragic experience, but there really wasn't anything else major around that for another, another year. We're seeing this happen weekly in America. So I think that this conversation just doesn't, you know, go away um, here in the next couple of weeks. Had another shooting last night in, in Iowa at a church. And so, you know, you're right. We're seeing a lot of these things. The other thing that's happening here in the next week or so is that the man who tried to kill Ronald Reagan, John Hinckley, uh, he, you'll recall he was deranged and had this uh, odd fascination with Jody Foster. And to try and make himself famous, he tried to kill President Ronald Reagan, shot him in the, in the ribs, and almost uh, killed him. He's been in prison ever since then, and he is slated for, re- for release from a psychiatric custody on June the 15th. Thoughts on letting uh, presidential would-be assassins out back on the streets? Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I mean, he served, what, 41-plus years? Um, you know, obviously, I wasn't alive during that time, you know, so I, I, don't remember, I don't remember any of the trial or anything like that. But I do think that, you know, it's it's just interesting to me. I think Chet Pleban was on the GGS the other day talking about how he sat in uh, the trial for a half a day, and all he did was sit there and stare at the people in the galley. And I just think that, I mean, he's obviously a very deranged man. That's Braxton Payne. I'm John Hancock. It's the program. We've got one more hour before the show, and here's what's on tap. There's a Hall of Famer in our midst. We'll find Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast how powerful is cox internet powerful enough to let your band members in vegas phoenix and rhode island jam like you're all in the same garage 
Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Out who it is and what she's done after this on KMOX. Time for the Friday edition of Hancock and Kelly. You two belong together. John Hancock, Michael Kelly, sponsored by Insperity, HR that makes a difference on News Radio 1120, KMOX. And welcome back to what we are calling the radio program. Uh, we're on Fridays just before the show here on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. John Hancock, Michael Kelly is on vacation. Unbelievable. Uh, but I'm joined by Braxton Payne sitting in. Braxton, thanks so much. Great to have you. And we are joined in studio by the newest member of the St. Louis Media Hall of Fame, our own Carol Daniel. Congratulations, Carol. It's uh, really a capstone of a remarkable broadcast career. Uh, the induction ceremony is tomorrow. You've written a speech, I take it. Really? <laughs> you heard that. You heard that? I did. Uh, they. I think I have uh, three minutes, I think. But I'm going to take 15. No, oh, I'm just, I, 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 I have no idea what I am going to say. I, I just know that I, in part, am going to um, thank my husband for being my greatest supporter and greatest critic. Yeah. And uh, my news director, Beth Coglin, who has just really been one of those people who understands what it takes and is there to support you and to tell you when you're great and when you're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's been a remarkable career. You've been here for, what, 29 years? Is that right? 27. 27, 27 years, yes. Closing in on 40 in a, in a broadcast career that yes. has taken you in a lot of different places. And I didn't realize until reading up on this that you were the, the founding host of Great Day St. Louis, a television show that launched. You wrote a weekly column in the St. Louis American uh, for many, many years. You've, you've really left a, a, a real deep imprint on the media scene here in St. Louis. It's a great honor. I... I don't have I I mean <laughs> to, yes to, I mean for sure so I you know I've listened to Camelx you know with my dad growing up and I just remember hearing your voice and I was you know not the demographic of Camelx you know I listened to it throughout college 18 19 20 21 and I just remember hearing your voice mornings afternoons middays whenever it was and, and when I first got to meet you it was you know like I was kind of starstruck not gonna lie so yes <laughs> definitely definitely you've had a great career and I I just I think it's Obviously, the, you know, you deserve even more awards than just this. Well, I appreciate that. And I think you reach a stage where I remember I was the one saying to Jim White, saying to Jack Buck, I, I, I'm starstruck. I mean, meeting these venerable people when I first came here 27 years ago, and then I would go out into the community and people would say, what is he really like? What <laughs> is she really like? Um, Wendy Weiss. Uh, so it's, it's funny to have the tables turned and to hear... <laughs> Um, I don't know how old you are, but you seem young to me, <laughs> say those things to you. And you don't, I don't know how many people go into, John, any line of work 
and think of the and think of the end, you know, and it's not the end for me, but think of the latter years. You just want to have longevity. You know, you, you definitely want longevity. My son said to me recently, my my uh, 22-year-old, Mom, we're not going to work at one place like you people. <laughs> the, okay, okay. Well, then you don't get the 401k like us people. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do. I mean, they're you know, they both are savers. Thank goodness. Well, one is more than the other. But it's interesting that they look at me in that way, that you've been one place for 27 years. Who does that? Well, I hope you do mm-hmm. that. You know, so I came into the business not even really knowing how I would maintain. I mean, sometimes you're a gerbil on a wheel. The news is happening so fast and you're trying to get the work, just trying to get the next newscast done, just trying to get the next interview. You're not thinking five, 10, 15, 27 years. You're not, I wasn't thinking that way. I was just trying to make it through the day and not have to leave here and think, Darn it, I didn't ask that question. Darn it, I missed that interview. I, that was a daily thing for me, to not leave here and have missed something. As a reporter, you never want to miss something. Mm-hmm. And there were things that, that you do. You just do because you're human. Well, you think about the conversations that you've had uh, in this community, uh, not just the interviews, but the people listening and interacting with the sound of your voice. And you think about the momentous things you've discussed, 9-11. Mm-hmm. Uh, as it happened, uh, the death of Jack Buck as it happened, and all of the news, whether local, national, or, or worldwide, the invasion of, of Kuwait. And you've covered all of those things, and you've brought all of those things to us, and we've tuned in to hear Carol Daniel walk us through these momentous events over so many years, and, and to be recognized in this way uh, with, a, with an induction into the St. Louis Media Hall of Fame, and uh, one of the key uh, players in that enterprise is Frank Absher, who mm-hmm. worked here and has probably done more uh, to keep Absolutely. the history of radio uh, in this community alive than anyone else. It's uh, It's got to be a little bit pinch yourself. It is a pinch yourself moment. And I, I, and I'm at, I'm, I think I will be at a loss for words. I, I, I nah. have given a lot of, sp- <laughs> of all the things I'm going to bed worried about, that's not one of them. I, I definitely am a grateful woman. I'm, I am, I'm going to get emotional. I mean, there are hard days. Yeah. There are really, really hard days when people are calling you uh, and saying awful things because they, have a political point of view that they mm-hmm. assume you don't have. Um, and and I've gotten any number of letters unsigned uh, from people that have said just horrible things. I'm sure. And so when someone says something or cries in my arms, as has happened to me on any number of occasions, strangers out in public, um, I would say to them, I'm going to remember this so that it can blunt the negativity that is just a natural part of this business. I'm going to remember this compliment. I'm going to remember this encouragement um, so that I can make it through the difficult days. I mean, I've cried in the bathroom. We have prayed. There's some of us who used to go and pray in conference rooms. Um, And as as a woman of gratitude and a woman of faith, I know that my life is not about me. I used to tell my sons when they would ask for fill in the blank. They just ask for whatever. <laughs> you know, your life is not about you. My marriage is not about me. It's about others. And I'm an evangelist in that way. I'm an evangelist for KMOX. I'm an evangelist 
for marriage. I'm an evangelist for parenting. I'm an evangelist for this region. I'm an evangelist for human beings. I'm an evangelist for God who loves me despite who I am, despite my thoughts that are just out of out of control, because we all are like that. And we all need to know that you're not in this by yourself, mm. that that I see you when I see you. I see you. I know that it's hard. I know that getting up every day and finding the right shoes to wear and putting enough gas in the car, I know, it's always been hard. This is not new. 2022 right now, this difficulty, my, my ancestors were slaves. People made it across the ocean. People settled a new world. Mm-hmm. It's been harder. <laughs> my, my dad used to say, you're not digging ditches. And people who do dig ditches get trapped in them, and we rescue them. And so, I, I mean, I'm really someone who just wants you to know, whomever you are, that you matter. And you even matter more than me. You totally matter more than me. This Hall of Fame, I'm, I'm only 60. I'm like, I'm not that old. Should I be getting a Hall of Fame? I mean, I don't know if I should be getting a Hall of Fame honor. I don't feel you that should. old. I, I I have a lot to do. I have a lot left to do. And there are a lot of people who need to know that they are not in this by themselves and that they actually matter. And KMOX does, in fact, care. That is Evangelist Carol Daniels. <laughs> She's being inducted tomorrow into the St. Louis Media Hall of Fame. Congratulations, Thank Carol. Thank you, guys. On a much well-deserved honor. And uh, you'll be back here on Monday as a Hall of Famer. You can start signing your autographs. Carol Daniel, <laughs> HOF 22. Getting more money? Am I, more, am I getting more vacation? I would take more vacation, Chris. Can I get more vacation? Pretty sure there's no more money involved. Uh, <laughs> hey, when we come back, you know, one of my back-in-the-day namesakes talked about taxation without representation. We've got a case of it going on right here in the Metro East. That's next on KMOX. Now, back to Hancock and Kelly, sponsored by Insperity, HR that makes a difference, on News Radio 1120, KMOX. Welcome back to KMOX. John Hancock, Michael Kelly is on vacation. Braxton Payne is sitting in alongside, well, all of us scratch our head at times over the taxes that we pay, and sometimes we don't even realize all the taxes that we pay. Our next guest is concerned that he's about to be taxed without really having a say-so in the matter. Uh, he lives in an unincorporated part of St. Clair County outside of the village of Milstadt. And uh, let me set this up if I can. Uh, the The library in Milstadt is wanting to increase its boundary from beyond the village of Milstadt to include some of these unincorporated areas. And when they do that, when the library district does that, they will then be able to tax the residents in those areas. The problem is the residents of those areas don't get to decide for themselves whether they want to be part of this new library district. And joining us to talk about it is Mike Reed. He's a homeowner association president of his subdivision outside of Millstead. He's also a retired 30-year Air Force veteran. He's a spokesman for the group. Uh, Mike, did I get that about right? And what's going on? Yeah, thank you very much, John, for having me, first of all. And, and secondly, you said it exactly right. Um, this is, you know, I, I think it began innocently enough with the village, village of Millsat wanting to build a new library, which, which is fine. But what happened to them is they got a what I refer to as a limited-time offer from, from the state of Illinois, a grant of $1.3 million. The reason I say limited-time is, Unless the, uh, unless the library board can demonstrate that they can match those funds, 
by the 1st of July, the grant gets withdrawn. This is what has set up this whole race to try to get this money put together before anybody really even knows what's going on so they don't lose the grant. And they they managed to get this to a ballot, uh, but the ballot question that, that we're all voting on um, does not mention annexation. It doesn't mention a new library. It doesn't mention taxes. It's just a very innocuous statement that says those who are not covered currently by the library will be included in a new in a new district and 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 that's just well it's deceptive at best and and the problem is most of the people who are voting on it both here in in the unincorporated areas and also in the village i don't think understand exactly what this means yeah mike how many uh so you represent the the, the hoa how many homes are in this uh in your subdivision well my subdivision is actually fairly small there's only about 38 homes in my division, um, in my in my neighborhood, but there are four or five other neighborhoods that probably constitute um, um, several hundred several hundred residences. And the problem with us um, is is most of the people who live here um, live in the unincorporated St. Clair County area because that's what they wanted to do. And and most of us are or a great many of us are now retired. Um, many are farmers. And, and live in areas where they've been for years, raised their families, and, and are, are good citizens, and suddenly have been dragged into something that they knew nothing at all about and, and are, are at risk now of being taxed for something they had absolutely no say in, just as you said earlier. Yeah, I'm, I'm not acquainted with, the, with specific laws in Illinois, but I know that in Missouri, if you live in an unincorporated area and the city or the municipality wants to annex you, uh, they have an election, and that election must pass both in the city limits and in the unincorporated area separately. It would seem to me that if you're going to be grafted into some political jurisdiction, the vote of the unincorporated area ought to be considered separate and apart from the greater turnout. But that's not the case here, right? No, it's interesting you say that because that's exactly what they told us was going to happen. And there was uh, there have been there have been processes like this in other communities where the library board decided to expand from being a village board to being a district. But in those areas, the precincts that were voting were distinguished between in residence and and external. Unfortunately for us in Milstadt, there are no precincts that are just us or just village. It's all mixed together. So when I go cast my vote. Um, no one's going to know whether I lived in the village and I'm being one of the people that's being forcibly annexed or whether I'm a village of Millsat resident who's, who's voting. So the claim that this was going to be a, uh, a, a vote that would allow us to not be incorporated if we didn't want to be actually turns out not to be true. And it, it, it's one of the deceptions that has caused us to wonder what all else is behind this process because we can't get answers to who it is that's even putting this together. Yeah, and that's one of the things that uh, really kind of piqued my interest in your situation, and it's a, it's a bad situation, but you're at a place now where the local library board won't communicate with you, and they won't even tell you who their legal counsel is. How, how, can, you, how can you function in that kind of a non-transparent environment? Well, you know, it, it's interesting. They... Uh, the library board was actually um, re- ready to talk to us. We had a meeting with them, um, and everything was, was, was pretty open in the communications until we started asking questions. And there were things that didn't add up. And finally, 
Uh, I asked the library board who the attorney for their effort is, because that's who's obviously driving this, and could I speak with that person? And they cut off all communications. I've not heard from anybody since. Um, They told us that they would send a letter out to the folks that are not incorporated explaining exactly what's going to happen and that that I would actually get to look at the draft before it went out. That has not happened, and it's not going to happen. And and the problem is what, what, what I really appreciate about you having me on is we're really trying to send three messages here. The first is to the people in my situation who are not in the village and, and according to the ballot question, are called underserved. Uh, we're not underserved, John. We're under attack. Um, they're trying to forcibly annex us without us even knowing about it. And when we started asking questions, they stopped talking about it. The second message we want to send is to the people in the village itself. We have nothing against the library. I don't oppose a library. I, I probably would contribute to a fundraiser to help do that. But you can't just do that to us without our say-so and our, our approval. And I believe if the citizens of Milstad Village itself actually know what's going on, I think most of them will be interested in doing this fair and, and with some integrity and will vote no as well. So that's an important message. And then lastly, your listeners, uh, whether they live in this area or not, uh, are in a situation to, to understand. They may know people or they may know situations or, you know what, this could eventually happen to them. And so this is a this is a the only thing we can do in this situation, we think, is shed light on it. And if people know what's really going on, then we believe they'll vote no. And and having the opportunity to talk about this with you is crucial to us because we just don't have the means that the village has to try to get a message out. The election is June 28th. It's going to take place in St. Clair County in the village of Milstead. Our guest has been Mike Reed, the Homeowners Association president, fighting taxation without representation. Godspeed to you, sir. Thanks so much for your time this morning on KMOX. Well, thanks for having me on. And taxation without representation was wrong at the start of our country. And it's just... Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends, come on. We talk about basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happens. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is wrong today. Find out what's happening with your Redbirds from the manager himself, Oliver Marmel. Sundays at 10.15 on Sports Open Line. And Wednesday mornings at 9.50. The Ollie Marmel Show. I'm excited for not only the club, but for the fans. This is a, this is a special year for sure. On King MOX. Nice. 
And welcome back to the program here on KMOX. The show is just around the corner. Uh, John Hancock in. Michael Kelly is on vacation. Imagine that. Sitting in is Braxton Payne with Show Me Victories. And Braxton, we chatted a little bit last hour about President Biden giving this national address on uh, calling for uh, gun restrictions in the country. And we discussed the fact that both parties are, are fairly far apart on this thing. And uh, you think there might be a path to get something done, but I would characterize you as not particularly optimistic. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's pretty accurate. And I think uh, that's kind of the sentiment of many of Americans and people that I, I know that are not even involved in politics. Um, we kind of see that nothing really seems to get done um, yes. and it definitely doesn't get done quickly. Um, obviously, I mean, that's how our founding fathers envisioned was, you know, slow progress. You know, they didn't want things to happen too quickly. Um, I do think it's going to be important. Uh, in the past, both Republicans and Democrats have not wanted to pass bills that are, you know, one-offs of this, one-off of that. They like comprehensive bills because that usually provides a little bit more compromise. Um, I could see something just as simple as a red flag laws, uh, you know, at a federal level and some enforceability um, and funding uh, being passed through Congress. You know, you, you look at some of the public opinion on these things and the, the universal background checks overwhelmingly popular with the public. And you and you think, well, if that's the case, why is Congress unable to, to come together? And one of the things that uh, and I'd like to talk about this a little bit, is that I have noted in my almost now 40 years of doing politics, is that we now live in a country where well over half of every elected official at the state and federal level, think about this now, over half, and I don't know the exact percentage, it could be close to 60 65% of the people who hold office today are effectually elected to those positions, not in November general elections, mm-hmm. but they're effectively elected to those positions in primary elections. Our primaries are held in August here in Missouri. And more often than not, if you're able to win your party's primary, you're the elected official. And that means that rather than worrying about the entire electorate in November, what you're really worried about is the 12 to 15 percent of the people that vote in your party's primary. Mm -hmm. And that becomes the basis of your representation. You need to make sure that those people are well taken care of because your threat politically is in the primary, not in the general. And one of the things in my theory that has driven the polarization of our political system here is that more than half of the elected officials really the, the November electorate is irrelevant to them. Yeah, I, I was talking to somebody this last this last weekend, a very close family member, and we were they, you know politics got brought up, my least favorite subject to talk about, um, you know, outside of the work environment, yeah. and you know, somebody that I thought that voted in every election, you know, highly educated, just was like, oh yeah, they that this person votes in every election, told me that they don't vote in primaries. <laughs> Um, but they'll vote in every you know, because they don't want it. in Missouri. You have to declare what party you are. Mm-hmm. And, and that hinders her from going and voting in August elections. And so, you know, and, and you talk about, you know, how many, you know, we have these gerrymandered districts that are going to elect people like, you know, Marjorie Taylor, Taylor Green, And 
the thing is, is even like the, you look in November and it's like the representation doesn't match where the voting went. You know, in, in 2020, you had three million more people, you know, vote for Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump and he won. But also you had like over five million more votes for Democratic uh, members of the House of Representatives. And it was, you know, a barely a tie. And even in years past, you know, I've seen that Republicans have gotten and Democrats have gotten more votes nationally for House of Representatives, but they don't hold a majority. So you, it's. It's the way because of the way that they are gerrymandered into these districts. Yeah, and the, certainly the gerrymandering takes place. We saw it in a prime example of it in Illinois when they redrew the congressional maps <laughs> there uh, to favor the Democrats. Republicans do the same thing. Yeah. And But it's not simply the gerrymandering. It, we have kind of self-selected geographically where we live, and, and, right. and people of like minds tend to cluster together. You go through... Um, just about any neighborhood in the city of St. Louis, it's going to be 75, 80, 90 percent Democratic identified voters. You you go out into the rural parts of the state and you see those same kind of percentages on the Republican side. So you don't have to gerrymander a district to create this situation where uh, merely winning a low turnout primary is a sufficient condition to hold elective office. And I don't think the founders intended yeah, that and and I, I, you know, I've been a Democrat my whole life and and vote in the Democratic primaries. But there's sometimes, you know, in in St. Louis City, um, or when I excuse me, when I lived out in St. Charles County, um, that there really wasn't any Democratic primaries to vote for. Right. But I didn't want, and I knew that no matter who the Democratic nominee was, if there was one, it was still going to be the Republican. But I didn't want to go into that voting booth or to the election judge and say I would like a Republican ballot, even though. I knew that there was, you know, a, a maybe a more conservative choice, more moderate choice, and I would have selected the moderate. Um, it, but I, it hindered me because, you know, I, it's, it's, you know, what I do for a living, and I didn't want to, you know, pull a Republican ballot when I lived out in St. Charles County. Yeah, and in my industry, we're both in the same industry. Mm-hmm. We do political consulting. You know, there's a formula on Republican side you know, that you go in and you run a primary, and if you can position your opponent as a rhino and and your client as the the real conservative in the race, that's that's how you go about getting that fifty percent. And heck, now increasingly these districts that are so you know one sided um, partisan wise. You're seeing primaries with three, four, five, six mm-hmm. candidates, and now all of a sudden, getting 30% of the vote of the 12% of the voters who participate is a sufficient condition to, to hold elective office. And of all of the things in, in our current state of affairs in politics that are broken, it seems to me that this is principle among them. Yeah, and, and that's why people are so angry. Um, because they don't feel like they're represented because there's not enough people voting in these elections. So, yes, they're not represented when you just said, you know, 7% choose who your elected official is. Um, obviously, they're not going to be satisfied. And that's why, obviously, I think we're both in favor of increasing turnout, but also increasing voter participation and knowledge um, in these primary in, and really just get rid of the primary and caucus process. Yeah, I would be willing to think most people just haven't spent a lot of time. I mean, the one one of the blessings about being an American is that uh, unlike many countries in the world, we don't have to spend every waking hour worried about the government. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's that's kind of a nice thing. We can worry about our families and our jobs and, and our economic opportunities. But if you do step back and take a look at what's happened in this country over the past couple, three decades, this looming situation where you can hold a congressional office 
uh, by getting five, six, seven percent of the vote, mm-hmm. you know, is part of the problem. He's Braxton Payne. I'm John Hancock. When we come back, is there a way to speed up the game of baseball and have they uncovered it in AAA? We're going to visit with the voice of the Cardinals, Mike Claiborne, after this on KMOX. Local news and information direct to your smart speaker. Just say, play KMOX. Hello, welcome back to Hancock and Kelly, uh, minus the Kelly plus the pain uh, here on KMOX. We are now joined by Mike Claiborne. Uh, here he's going to talk to us about some of the pitch count, and we're going to speed up the MLB games. You want to tell us about that, Mike? Well, you know, it's going on in, in the minor leagues as we speak. Um, and so we have learned that in the minors, they shave like 20 minutes off of games. And that's the biggest complaint you hear from baseball fans. The games take too long. So basically what it is, the pitcher has to be able to pitch within 14 seconds, and it's expanded to 19 seconds after a foul ball, and the batter has to be in the batter's box within nine seconds and stay in the box unless there's a foul ball. And uh, so far the results have been pretty good. Uh, They speeded up the game, but the question is, Will major league players be able to adapt to it? And I was talking to Cardinal manager Oliver Marmol yesterday about this very thing. And I said, you know, there's going to be some guys that aren't going to make it. And he said, well, if they like to get paid, and most of them do, well, all of them do, they're going to have to figure it out. And the question is, how do you try and make that transition uh, in the offseason? So my thing is, when these players work out and they pitch and go to the batter's, batter's cage and everything else, they're going to have to have a clock just to make sure they stay in tune because I don't think you can just turn this around starting in spring training. You better have something built up before the season starts. Yeah, and this is a it's a two-way street. It's not just the pitcher because the batter's stepping out of the box and adjusting their gloves and taking their helmets off. And, I mean, we've all lived and seen that. And I didn't personally think the pitch count would make that much of a difference in the length of the game. I was wrong. And uh, but the Cardinals do have some guys. I'm thinking about Jordan Hicks in particular. That they they take their little time out there, and uh, that's going to be over and done with. Well, that's, that's a good point you make, John. And and here's the deal: uh, Giovanni Gallegos of all the 415 pitchers in baseball, he is ranked 415th <laughs> as the slowest pitcher in baseball. Dakota Hudson's in that category. Jordan Hicks, as you mentioned, is in that category. Ryan Helsley is in that category of being some of the bottom guys in all of baseball who take too much time. So what, what the Cardinals have tried to do this year is there's a, a device called PitchCom, and it's the catcher has a device. Normally it's either on his shin guard or on his uh, wrist, and he punches a button, and, and there's a signal relayed to the pitcher in his cap to tell him what pitch to throw. That way you don't have guys that are waiting to try and shake off a sign or this or that. And they use that with Dakota Hudson, and they use it with him the last time out, and he was really good uh, because his his delivery time took a long time for everything to transpire. So it's working uh, between PitchCom and the, the clock that's going to be implemented perhaps next year. Uh, we're going to speed up the game, and I think everybody will, will come away feeling better about 
the investment that they make in coming to the ballpark. Well, and if you think about the pitchers who do kind of work fluidly and quickly, uh, Stephen Matz, uh, new Cardinals on the IL right now, he's he's a guy that gets it and yeah. throws it. Uh, that also is good for the overall defense of the team. It keeps the defenders on their toes. And these guys, it take forever. I remember a pitcher, uh, Eric Bedard, some years oh. ago. He was the worst. Oh, my goodness. He was the you worst. You know what, John? Let me tell you a quick story about him. Yeah. So he's with the Pirates. And I forgot who the player was. I was interviewing him for start a game. He had a good game against the Cardinals. And this was like in the middle of July where it was like 174 degrees outside. And we were going to play a Sunday afternoon game. And I said to him, yeah, Bedard going tomorrow. You know, he works slow. He said, believe me, there's going to be a discussion after the game today about tomorrow to make sure we're not going to stand out there and melt. I mean, it's the worst. You know, if you're a defender – and you're just standing around, you're smoothing out the dirt, you're counting the blades of grass. You know, I mean, after a while, you lose concentration. And, you know, it, this game works pretty quick when, it, when the ball's in play. And that one second you stray concentration-wise is the second that's going to cost you in not getting to a ball or maybe not seeing the ball. I mean, there's so many things bad that can happen when you have slow play. Yeah, so I, you know, I love Cardinal baseball, but it's really tough for me to get uh, people my age and in, in our early 30s to go to the game because it is so long. What is the temperature of of you know the MLB players uh, that you've talked to? Do they want to see this? Or are they are they going to do some heavy pushback if they try to bring this to the majors? Well, they, I don't think they have a choice. Uh, the commissioner in this most co- recent collective bargaining agreement has power on rule changes, and I think they can be administered within 45 days. It was part of the discussion during the labor negotiations. So the players know it's coming, and there will be some guys that will grouse about it, but um, I think the commissioner will use the term in the best interest of the game where it's here, it'll be here, and it'll be here to stay. Now, do you tweak it at all? Perhaps. Maybe you add on a second or two or something along that line just to give them a chance to grow, or do you say to the umpires, give them, you know, three weeks, a month to get it figured out. And then after that, you start to enforce the balls and strikes. Uh, You may see that. I think they're going to give them just a little room to to massage this. But I would say by this time next year, all rules will be in play and tough if you can't figure it out. So we got just about 30, 40 seconds here. Mike Claiborne, the voice of the Cardinals. It's almost flag day. That's Mike Claiborne's magic date to evaluate the ball club. We're close enough. What's your impression? Well, here, here's the deal, John. I have moved that back this year because of the lockout and the delay in the schedule. We are going to start on July 4th as far as assessment of this ball club and where we need to go. That You're right. Good. Flag day is the day for me, but we moved it back this year to July 4th. <laughs> Well, I appreciate your time, Claves. Let's go Cardinals. The Redbirds are playing again this evening up at Wrigley Field. they got a doubleheader tomorrow. Mike Claiborne, thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure, John. Nice talking to you guys. Take care. Have a great day. You bet. Well, we're in the final minute of the program here, the inaugural edition of the program, but it's my last time uh, working with the great Chris Myhill, and he is retiring from KMOX after 41 years. Uh, consummate professional, funny Great to work with. Always on top of all the details. I'm going to miss his show prep. I'm going to miss our times before. I'm going to miss the off-air comments that come fast and furious with Chris Myhill. But I am very happy uh, that he's getting out of this thing in good health and lots of good years ahead. 
Um, wish you nothing but the best, Chris. It's been an absolute honor. Thank you very much, and we'll be in touch. Thanks for everything and those kinds of kind words. The show is next. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.